0: There's something about confessing out of your mouth the goodness of God. That was weak. Come on. Amen. You may be seated. Here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to get into the things of God. And if you've come for that, you will not be disappointed. I'm going to ask Gwen to come. You know, Gwen and I were able just to get back off vacation. And the one thing that we enjoy about vacation is the fact that uh, we choose sometimes to go on what is called a cruise. And if you've never been on a cruise, let me tell you, the thing that overshadows all other vacation is that there's uh, people that are called uh, stewards on the cruise ship and then waiters and waitresses that are just amazing. They've been trained how to serve. And in America, sometimes we've lost that ability to serve one another and, and as a family, we know as our church, you come into the church and, and hopefully you feel a sense of belonging and that's part of being a family, but then we serve one another. That might be at a meal or that might just be in our friendliness and how we can help. Sometimes we go through times of need and we can serve one another. You know, today we're going to hear a minister that has served our family. So I want to go in. Well, it is our honor to introduce to you Craig Groshen. So, uh... <laughs> Craig Groshan, he, he's a friend of ours. He has a freedom ministry, Streams of Araba. He's been a blessing to a number of ministry families, including ours. Craig, we're ready for you to bring it. Go for it. Thank
1: you, Gwen. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning. So, man, I love the Miller family, let me tell you. I've been, uh, you know, the kingdom of heaven is about honor, right? And uh, I don't know how often you get a chance to really honor people. Could we honor the Miller family for a minute and just like we love, we love you guys, right? We love you, the whole Miller family. I'm actually uh, been getting to know the Miller family kind of person by person. So if I if we haven't hung out yet, I'm coming for you. We're gonna. Um, that was awesome. I was up here just like weeping in the presence of God. Those are the good ones, you know. And it was, man, selfless and generous was just hitting really deep today. When you went back there, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to go up there like weeping. The, I'm going to come up here bleary-eyed and red-eyed and stuff. Um, I was thinking about y'all as the church, just what I've seen. I get to travel around and visit a lot of different churches and see a lot of different family members in the body of Christ for what I do and, uh, and connect with people around the nation, even around the world which is really fun for me. And I was thinking about what I see in y'all here in this church, and I was just thinking of where Jesus says this. He says, all the law and all the prophets are summed up in loving God and loving people. And y'all do both so well. So can I just honor y'all too for a minute? Because I just see like how you're a family and how you all come together and you're all excited. You know what I mean? To be here and to be together and excited for him and worshiping him, right? So I just, I just wanted to honor you ahead and just tell you just how much I was really appreciating just the experience so far. So thank you, guys. Um, I'm gonna do something kind of fun to start with. Is there a gym here? Gym? All right, wait, I'm just gonna release the whole word because it's kind of funny. So I was... Um, I was putting my notes together last night, and I got just like a stream. It was almost like, well, Jesus says, if you drink of me, rivers will flow out of you, right? So it was almost like a river just flowed right out of me. And it's not like I had to think about it. It was just all there. And uh, he's always doing something new, you know? So this is what I got. I heard, Jim, your father was an old rancher who had a lot of time on his hands, and so he whittled wood. You might even be wearing something around your neck that he made for you right now. No Jim in the room? Jim, I prefer you to come up now and make me look good in front of everybody. (laughs) Don't come up at the end of service and be like, oh, I was nervous, you know, come up now, make me. Um, Well, well, before you all can start feeling embarrassed for me, let me me, me tell you, a little, uh, just a couple stories, maybe a little story time on hearing the voice of God. So, one day I'm sitting, uh, actually I dropped my car off at the mechanic, and uh, it was going to take like three or four hours. So they gave me a ride back to my apartment at the time I was living. There was a guy in the van with me, and I really wanted to witness to him about the Lord. I felt the, the spirit of God kind of stern me. And so I reached out in my spirit to receive a word from God, and I heard, Maxwell. By the way, I usually, I am pretty, like, like on target a lot of the time, you know? So I, I have no problem releasing stuff when it comes. So I heard this name Maxwell. And I was like, so excuse me. I said, uh, you know, occasionally God speaks very clearly to me, and I was just wondering if this name Maxwell means anything to you. And he said, nope. I said, really? I'm like, I missed? Wait, wait Maxwell. No, not a dog, and even an old dog or something that you had when you were a kid or something. And he said, "No, no, Mac, no, Max, no, nothing." Huh. Oh, all right. That was that. You know. So I went home and it's kind of minding my own business. Three days later, uh, I met with this person, uh, this man. What I do is I help activate and equip people to see, hear, and experience God. That's what I do, uh, full time. And so this at the time, we still had an office space, and so I was meeting face-to-face. And the minute he sat down, I saw the Lord write leadership over his life in cursive. And I said, huh. I said, you know, before we even get going, God is just telling me you're a leader. And he said, wow, this is such a confirmation for me because I just bought my first John Maxwell book yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, you are messing with me. And, and he was setting me free from needing to hit the target because he's like, what if you ask for a word and I give you for a word for somebody three days from now just to show you how much I'm God and that this really isn't your responsibility? Right. I got another story for you. It's a fun one. So my, uh, my little guy is a year old now, but he, was, he, was, uh, he had a really rough delivery and he was in the NICU. And then they brought him back from the NICU after six hours, short, short uh, NICU stay. And he had uh, what do you call it when the skin is orange? Jauntus. He had jauntus. And uh, this nurse came in. You know how sometimes you can feel the spirit of someone? Or, or a spirit that's on someone, I should say. And, uh, and she came in, and she was just like really gruff and kind of you know, dark like a cloud. And that's not to say anything against her. You know what I mean? She could have been having a bad day. It could have been a spirit operating there. I don't know. But uh, she was. She wheeled in this light machine. Anybody ever seen them? And you got to, like, strip the baby down and put these black goggles on the baby and, like, put him in there. And the baby, like, screams and cries because the baby just wants to be close to mommy, you know. And uh, she was telling me that we had to keep him there for, like, for like 36 hours or something. And, uh, and I was like, I can't take him out at all? Like, well, to feed him. I'm like, not to hold him? She's like, no, you have to leave him in here. And I just started feeling really bad about that because she was putting the goggles on him. He was freaking out. He's screaming. And I'm looking at my son for the first time, and he's losing it. And this looks traumatizing. And, uh, and I reach out in my spirit. I'm like, God, is this, is this right? And he said... You take him out of there right now. And I was like, oh, man, Lord. Whew, this is, like, medical advice and, you know. I said, I really need to hear it. I said, you take him out of there right now. I said, all right, Lord, can I get that three times just to make sure? And he said, Greg, take him out of there. And so I took him out. And, uh, the nurse is really upset about it. She's telling me, well, he's not going to leave the hospital now if the jauntus doesn't come down. I'm like, well, I'm going to send out some prayer, you know, <laughs> so, some, some messages to some prayer warriors. so We'll see that jauntus come down, you know. But, but I, I started kind of vacillating in my heart, kind of freaking out. Like, God, is this really you? Am I doing something that's going to hurt my son, you know? And um, I really need to know this is you, God. I really need to know. And with that, an older gentleman knocked on the door. And he said, hey, I heard your, uh, your dispenser for your paper towels is broken. I'm here to fix it. I said, sure, come on in. And so I'm sitting there still. You know, he starts m- twiddling with the dispenser. And, and I'm like, God, I just really need to hear you, Lord. I really need to know this is you. He said, you tell my son, Gerald, that he's a man of my word. That's what he said to me. And I was like, oh, man, Lord, that's really direct. <laughs> I'm like, man, I could just miss, like, by miles with that one, you know? So I said, uh, I said, hey, excuse me, how are you doing today? He said, good, really good. I said, you know, the Lord told me that you're a man of his word. And he said, well, I was just thinking about praying for you all right now. And I said, what's your name? He said, Gerald. I said, dang it. I could have came out there looking like, you know what I mean? And I just, you know, it's just, God will just mess with you. You know, because he wants to remove like the responsibility and the pressure from this thing. But he also really just wanted me to know in that moment, he said, like, you heard me clearly and this is the best thing for your son. And so the prayer warriors, uh, prayer warriors prayed, John's jaunt, uh, levels came down, we were out later that day. You know what I mean? So God showed up. One more story. I'm looking at the, t- the clock already. I'm like, I'm going to machine gun you guys a little bit. All right. Is that cool? We can hang okay so my son comes home he has uh the first four months of his life really rough he had gi issues reflux food sensitivities it was really nasty he was in a lot of pain we didn't really know what to do for him uh we had to figure it out right my wife had to take everything out of her diet dairy soy n- nuts eggs you know you name it uh and then find and And so that was good because we figured out what he needed kind of like more on the medical end, but he still wasn't healing and he was in a lot of pain. I remember one day I had him in my arms and uh, I was worshiping. I was just spending time with the Lord. And it was like Jesus just walked in the room, man. You know? And Jesus just walked in the room and I heard him like clear as day. And he said to me, he said, Craig, if this was in the time of the Gospels, and I was walking the earth right now with my, with my 12 disciples, and you heard that I was walking out in front of your house right now, and I was walking by, what would you do? I said, I said, Lord, I would grab my son and I would run to you. And he said, and what would you say to me? And before I could even think, these words came out, came out of my mouth. I said, Lord, if you are willing. And he said, I am willing. And he said, in three days, your son will be healed. And he was, three days later, bam, on a dot, right? This is the power of relationship. Relationship. And just the rhema word, like just the word that comes straight out of the mouth of God to you, that hits your heart, and you know it's him. I want to throw up uh, Matthew 6.11 for a minute. It's like one of those verses like, really? I've read this one 5 million times. Matthew 6:11. Give us today our daily bread. Give give give. Remember that, right? Let's think about the word give. Cool. There's no gym, huh? No gym at all. James do you go to the gym? I really need I really need someone. Brother, what's your name? Jonah. That's close enough. Jonah, come on up here for a minute, man. Please. This is, this is really from the Lord to you. You know the way like a dad like gives his son a gift? Mm-hmm. And he says to him like, hey, son, just go like do something nice for yourself, you and your family. This is from the father to you. That's for you, man. And it, I just picked you out, bro. I knew the spirit was, was moving on you. And Jonah is close enough to Jim, ain't it? For real, though. I'm not even. <laughs> that, that, that was from him to you. Yeah. See, you had to come here today so I could give that to you, right? Yeah. Cool
2: you know you're actually you're not too far off for real yeah i mean dad dad worked on a ranch i worked on a ranch
1: praise god
2: cowboy hat sitting in the stroller
1: hallelujah
2: (laughs) um i work uh i work security i'm in the private area i do a lot of stuff in uh austin uh just before coming out here we were supposed to go down to a buddy's wedding back in colorado And I ended up missing a couple of days of work because I got super sick. And we came to the point where we're like, man, money's maybe a thing. We got to just, you know, get a little tight on it. And then the car broke down. We couldn't make our way down to Colorado. So we're like, you know what? We'll go up to Dallas. We'll go see my wife's brothers, go see my cousins, my uncles, and everybody. And we're like, all right, we'll make everything happen. Money, no money. And... We haven't been tight for a very long time. God blessed me with this job, and it's something that I love doing. I mean, ever since I was young, military was a thing. I got done with that, worked in the mines, and then I always came back to doing something security or working police. Wow. So. Well, thank you for your service, is, man. This has been a, this was actually a great thing. That's awesome. That's I, knew, a- I knew God had something in the house today.
1: Praise God. huh? <laughs>
2: thank
1: you. Yo, yo. Thank you for your service, though. Oh, of course. Right? Thank you. That was cool. Lord, you helped me out a little bit. Right now. No, that was, that was who it was meant for. Um, he didn't do anything for that. He didn't earn that. The father gave that to him. Right? All he did was receive, right? That's it. I mean, he had to come. He had to come. He had to come to the place where the father was going to meet him. But he didn't have to do anything beyond that. Praise God. A little bit of faith there, though. Like, let's just roll, you know? Awesome. Praise God. Give. Give. That's a big word for me in this message today. I'm going through my notes. My notes are extensive. This was from This is from the 7th. So a couple days ago, I went out and I spent the full day with God. I do that once a month. Uh, I used to do that a lot more, you know, I used to just run to be with him every second and just let him lead me and take me places. But now I've decided like at least one day a month is fully devoted to him. I'm just going to go out and meet him and wherever he takes me, I follow. And a lot of really cool things happen, but I'm going to take you through the course of the day with me. Is that cool? It's kind of like, just like a, like a personal message and just kind of sharing my life. Uh, So I went out and uh, I went and sat down and had some coffee. He likes to buy me a coffee whenever we go out. That's one of the first stops. And uh, we sat down with the coffee. And one of the things that I'm aware of doing is I want to connect with his heart for me, his heart. See, so many of us come to him looking for answers to questions when it would be so much better if we came to him for him knowing that he has all the answers, all right? It says, abide in my love. Abide in my love. He doesn't say my wisdom, my power, obedience to me, ministry to other people. He says, abide in my love. How much time do you spend letting God knock your socks off? How much time do you spend listening to God tell you how beautiful you are, how amazing? how wonderful you are. So that's where I like to start. And I asked him a question. He was talking to me about trust. And I said, I said, I said, Papa, how does it touch you as a father when I trust you to meet my basic needs? I want to know. What, how, how does what does that do to your heart? And the very first thing I got was kind of like a knowing. You know, people hear differently. Some people are uh, more like knowers. Some people will hear like, thus saith the Lord, like type of word. You know what I mean? Like, Mark, brush your teeth. You know, something like that. You know what I mean? Like, right? Um, It'll be like, some people are more like emotional feelers, right? Um, Some people are physical feelers. People feel the presence of God that way, in a tangible way. So uh, I'm very equipped in all of them because I help train people in all of them, right? And uh, it says in Hebrews 5.14, it says the mature, we are trained in our senses through practice to discern good and evil, to understand what's happening in the unseen realm while we're living in the seen realm. And so it's just practice. And so the very first thing that happened was when I asked him this question: "How does it touch your heart when I trust you?" I had a knowing, and the knowing was, when I trust you for my basic needs, it's like giving you full access to my entire house. And I said, "You know what? You're welcome here, Papa. Trust gives you full access. So think about like when someone you love comes to visit, and you're like, Mikasa Sukasa." You know, like whatever you want, eat whatever you want, you know, get up, walk around in your boxers in the morning. It's all right. We're family. You know, it was like that. But it's the house of your soul. It's the house of your family. It's the house of of whatever he's put you over as a steward. Right. Because he's appointed you as a steward over something. And so it's like welcoming him into that house is the first thing he said to me. And then he said to me, calendar invite, and I listened a little longer, and he said, November 7th. And so I opened up my calendar, and the only thing I had in my calendar on that day was actually a spiritual son's appointment. And he wrote in Samuel's half day with God. And he takes two half days a month to just go out and be with the Lord. So I knew that he was talking to me about this premise of just going out to meet him. And this is what he said to me. He said, those days are very special to me when you set aside time from me. And I told him, I said, well, I would imagine that would be meaningful. And he said, it is. He said, it privatizes the will. I like when God uses words that I need to look up. <laughs> right? So I looked up the word privatize, and what it means is to change from public ownership to private ownership. And he said to me, he said, there are so many things pulling on you, Craig. Father, husband, ministry leader, brother, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many different things pulling on you. But when you take this day to be with me, it takes the control back from all those other relationships and brings it back into me. It privatizes the will, the will of man, because our will starts to get pulled in all these different directions. But God said, when you take this time from me and you set your focus on me, it privatizes that. It brings it all back into alignment. And then he said, you know, and it makes me happy to be with you. Do you know that? Do you know how much your father dotes over you? The father of lights in whom there is no shifting shadow or change, all good things flow down from him. Do you know that it doesn't matter how old you are, you're still his little boy, you're still his little girl. Abide in his love. I said, Papa, why does that make you happy? And I thought of me and my son, my little guy, Banner Isaiah. And how my heart just swells sometimes with love for him. Just feels to the point like it's going to pop like a balloon. You know, it's just like going to explode sometimes when I'm with him. And uh, he said to me, he said, you know, that's my love for you all the time because his love is perfect. This is really crazy, all right? Jesus loves everyone perfectly. He loves all of us. But, he, but when you're with him, you'll feel like you're the only one he ever made. How does he do that? He said, that's my love for you all the time. You know what I did? I was like, I don't even want to write that one down. I wasn't even going to write it down, right? Because I'm like, ah, it feels like a little too much. And he said, you write that one down. (laughs) And then he said to me, he said, Craig, if you think about it, how often do I get to express my perfect love to my people that I love so much? I was like, probably not that often. And he said, how often are they able to receive it? To receive it. Because things will happen in your life that will mess your heart up, man. And your heart gets all kind of twisted up and wounded and hurt sometimes or confused. And sometimes, like, God is right there telling him, like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And you can't hear him. He's always with us, right? He will never leave us nor forsake us. But sometimes it gets hard to just get to contact, make contact with the love of God. And so if you think about that, God created each one of you for relationship, and there will never be anyone like you ever again. You have a thumbprint and an iris that is not like any other human that has ever lived since the dawn of creation. And he can have with you something that he can't have with anyone else. And your heart is his treasure. And he sold everything else. He sold it all to get you. You're the pearl of great price. He gave it all up for you. So think about that. That he just, think about how much he wants to be with you. Sometimes it's a little hard to receive, right? Because the heart has been injured in certain ways through human relationships that represent him in certain ways and don't necessarily represent him perfectly because we're imperfect people. But he can come in and he can heal that. He said, how often are, are people really able to receive it? And I was like, man, probably not a lot. And then I was sitting there thinking about this, and I was outside drinking a coffee, hot coffee outside. It was, it was hot. <laughs> I'm thinking about this. I'm, like, sweating. And, I'll, and I said, I'm like, man, it's getting hot out here. And he said, well, go for a drive then. And I said, yeah, but I don't want to leave the moment. And he said, then stay. He said, staying or going, I'm always with you. And in that moment, a strong breeze started to blow. And it continued for minutes and minutes and minutes. And I'm telling you, it changed the entire temperature. It literally changed. It dropped to like 10 degrees is what it felt like. And I'm sitting there just feeling the wind that he's sending upon me. And he said to me, I'm, he said, I'm sending this upon you right now. So that you would learn of my utmost toward you. Again, I looked that word up. <laughs> so I looked up utmost. That's how he keeps me on my toes, you know? <laughs> utmost, most extreme, greatest, maximum, wow. maximal, supreme. How many of us get the max of God? Okay, let's rewind. First, he's saying, how often do I get to really love people? Not too often. How often do they actually get to receive it? Not too often. How often is it the max, the max power of God's love washing over you, man? How often? I was getting hit up here. I could have turned into a puddle up here. I was kind of holding myself together for y'all because I'm like, I don't know if they're going to listen to me if I'm like laying on the ground over here crying like a little baby right before I walk up there, you know? Like, how often? The max. Listen, you're having a problem in your marriage? Go let God love you. I only love because he first loved me. You're having an issue. You're like, God, I don't know why I'm so stern with my kid. God, I don't know why I keep having anger outbursts. Go let him love you. If you drink of me, rivers of living water will flow out of you. How many times do we get caught trying to make a river come out? Like, come on, river. Come on, river. So that I can be worthy enough to go get a drink. That's backwards. Abide in my love. And I just started thinking in that point, man, he was right there. He was sitting right in front of me. I could see him. I could feel his presence. I could hear his voice so clear. This was like a three-hour period, by the way. This wasn't 20 minutes. I'm not saying he can't meet you in 20. So this is not me being like, you need to quit your job and go sit in the presence of God all day. I'm not saying that. God is a realist, too. He made reality. You know what I mean? He'll break it, though, just so he can meet you. But I'm just letting you know, this was a three-hour period. This didn't just come all at once. And it was like I was in and out of it, and in and out of it. And then I was like, squirrel, at a certain point, you know? and You know what I mean? So I, it was in and out, in and out, before I came in and, like, was balanced and, like, aligned. And then I was there, man, and he was there. And, and Papa was there. And I was his little baby boy again. And he'd privatized the will. He'd privatized my heart. And I was all his again. And I was ready to receive his max. And I started saying that I said, I said, man, I'm in this place of intimacy. There's there's no reaching for anything. It's just all within grasp. I can just feel everything because you must become like a child. That's the place. And he said to me, he said, Craig, everything I have is yours, everything. And I said, I believe you, Papa, I believe in your love. I believe in you. And he said to me, let me show you. He said, ask me anything. Ask me for anything. I was like, whoa. That's pretty crazy, you know? One of the first thoughts was like, a million dollars? You know, like. And then I thought of my son. My son has a uh, very rare skin Actually, I shouldn't say he has it. I believe that it's just a symptom of the curse that's already defeated at the cross. So I'm really just waiting on Jesus to finish his work in his life according to his timing, for real. It says in Isaiah 42, verse 4, it says, The coastlands wait expectantly for his law. First you wait for his word to come to you. It might take a while. Wait for it. And then Isaiah 51, verse 5 says, And then the coastlands wait expectantly for his arm to come. So then you wait for him to come perform the will of his word that he spoke to you. You wait. There's a lot of waiting sometimes. And if you don't privatize your will, guess what? You'll get pulled in 57 different directions. And you'll never wait I started thinking about my son, this thing, Mastocytoma, nailed to the cross, nailed to the cross, Mastocytoma nailed with my king to, to his cross, and it's like this really rare thing. It's like we, we can't even find it. Like we went to the top doctor here in Texas, and the doctor was like, wow, this is so rare. I've never seen it before. I'm like, that is not good news. I'm like, the best doctor in Dallas that has never seen it. Like, this is crazy. And these, like, marks show up on his skin, and then they don't go away. And then, like, he has these weird reactions and stuff, and it could be dangerous. And so we have to carry around an EpiPen and, and all this stuff. So I started thinking about that when he said, ask me for anything. And I said, all right. I said, Papa, heal my son. And he said, I will. And at that moment, I looked at the clock. It's 1.41 p.m., and the Holy Spirit said, why don't you look that up in Mark real quick? Mark 1.41, the only verse in the entire Bible that would confirm that God was going to heal my son. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing. (laughs) That's the word he spoke to me the first time he healed him. Is he not going to do it again? He's coming. I'll wait. And then he said to me, he said, he said, you know, I love you, Craig. I said, can you tell me that again? He said, I love you. I said, I love you, too. I said, so much, so much, so much. My wife is rushing, I say, Nav sigda, silna, 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 silna. forever and ever and ever and ever, so much, so much. And then he said to me, he said, son, withstand. He said, I want you to withstand. He said, withstand the weight of this world. Its recompense is at hand. I'm like, ooh, that sounds like some Bible talk right there. <laughs> I said, what is the weight of the world, Papa? Oh. Matthew 19, 11. I'm right there. I'm at the door. Matthew 19, 11. I said, Papa, what is the weight of the world? And he said, Matthew 19, 11. But he said to them, not all men can accept this statement, but only to those whom it has been given. I'm like, oh, given. Piqued my interest with that. And I'm like, eh, the rest of the verse is not really making too much sense. Maybe I didn't hear you clearly. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing you. I said, you know what, let me go to the Greek. Uh, you throw me up that first Matthew 1911. This is a screenshot of my phone. This is how I do stuff with the Lord. So you'll see, it, this is really cool. It's the interlinear, right? It breaks down all the original language. And, uh, and it says, and he said to them, not all can receive. And the other translation is said, not all men can accept. But here it says, not all men can receive what has been given. We can go to the next one. And when you open it up, it gives you, it talks to you about what the word is. Correo, to make room. Check this out. Let's see down here at the bottom where I underlined everything. Properly to make space. Figuratively to live with an open heart. With available space that embraces the more important and not just the urgent. I just leave. The weight of the world, everything is urgent. Everything, your text, your email, your social media, all your family members, they're all dying. Everybody needs help. They're all, everything is going down. It's all burning. It's all going, run, 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 run. Everything's urgent. But it's not. It's not. You know how many times people have said to me, but what if I shut off my phone and then all my family members won't be able to find me? I said, wait, think about that for a minute. Does that sound like a good idea? Does that sound like a little... Does that sound like fun for like a day? (laughs) The weight of the world is this pressure of the urgency. But it says, but to make space, available space that embraces the more important, seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added to you. No, I'm running over like three minutes. I'm almost there. Okay. Okay. The The prophetic words from, from the podium and, and what Bruno released, I was just listening. I'm like, man, I am definitely preaching on what I should be preaching on today. Right? Focus on him, not the busyness. Not the busyness. Hey, put your focus on him. Right? God wants to use you. Let me tell you something. The only way he's going to really use you is if you believe who you are. He needs to persuade you. A lot of people look at me, they're like, man, you're like really passionate and moving this stuff. I'm like, I'm persuaded. I spent enough time letting him love my socks off. Period. Is that easy. It's not the anointing. It's the overflow of his love. We get caught up with anointing sometimes. God wants us to break away from the busyness of life. This is what I wrote. This is in my notes. God wants us to break away from the busyness of life and schedule in some time for Him to meet us and love us. You must abide in my love, for apart from me, you can do nothing. We have to make space by which to receive what only can be given. You got that? And then I thought about this final piece. I thought about Jesus. I'm like, well, Jesus did this, you know? Because what you experience uh, experientially in the Spirit is always demonstrated in the Word of God. Because it's Spirit and truth, Spirit and truth, right? You can always come back to the Word, and it's always right there. And I thought about this, and I was like, Jesus did this. There's a verse on this, and I looked it up, and it's Luke 5.16, But Jesus himself, whoa, look at that picture. How awesome is that? But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray, would often slip away. Let's throw up the Greek. This is gonna knock your socks off. Hopefully it knocked mine off. Here you go. He himself now was withdrawing. In the translation, it was slip away. Here it's, but Jesus was withdrawing. Let's open that up. Thank you. Hupo Correo. Hupo is kind of like when it's pressed down and like it's like boiling over, like Hupo, like it's just creating more of this Correo. See, it's two words, right? It's two words. It's Hupo Correo. Let's open up Correo. To make room. To make space. It's the same word. It's the same exact word. I didn't do that. Jesus did that for y'all. I didn't like search the scriptures and put some words together and stuff. You see how I got here? I got here like this. I'm just following him around. I'm like squirrel. He's like, no son, back here, back here. That's how I get here. Because my sheep hear my voice. I know them better than they know themselves, and they follow me. Just to to let you know, hearing, experiencing God, not a gift. It's your birthright. You were created for it. He made you for relationship. How crazy is that, though? Jesus, so ready, I'm going to, here's the, the uh, NCV, New Craig version. Okay. Jesus would make available space to embrace the more important, not just the urgent. And then he would come out and raise the dead and heal the sick. It was just an overflow of the Father's love. Right? It's that simple. Is this good? Praise God. Here you go. I'm going to leave you with this. The secret to hearing. All right? Secret to hearing. You already heard the first one. Hearing is not a gift, it's your birthright. Number two. Jesus says, the lily of the valley does not toil or spin. You ever get in a spin? Like, oh, I don't know what I should do. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? Right? The lily of the valley doesn't toil, doesn't labor, doesn't strive, doesn't try and figure it out, doesn't spin. You know what it does? It stands there and receives. What does a flower do to receive the sunlight? Bingo just looks at it, just looks at it. You know, it's not even in the flower's nature. uh, Well, sorry, I should say this. It's 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 not like by the willpower of the flower that it bloom in the presence of the sun. It's in the flower's nature that when the sun shines on it, it opens up to receive. So do you know all you have to do is just get in his presence? Just get there. And your heart will bloom like the lily of the valley. God gives. Y'all receive. And you have to be free to miss. Right? Did I look upset when I missed Jim at the beginning? Because I'm just, I'm just here with Daddy, you know? And we're just having fun. And this is love. Right? Does that make sense? Cool. Thank you for sharing this time with me. Should I pray over you all? for, for? The spirit of rest is where you're going to experience this. It's all about rest. Jesus says this in Matthew 11. He says, come and learn from me. We honor our leaders. We honor those that sow to us, that we learn from. But Jesus... Wants you to himself sometimes. And Jesus says, Hey, come here. Come and learn from me. He wraps his arm around you. He walks with you. And he says, You will find that I am gentle and humble at heart. In essence, you'll get to know who I really am. And you will find rest for your soul. Rest is the natural outflow. Of time with him. So if you're feeling anxious, you're straining against his yoke, confused, exhausted, frustrated, you're straining. Stop everything you're doing, lock yourself away, and just receive. It could take a little while. Go in there without setting an expectation. Have a godly expectation that he'll come, but don't set an expectation that he has to meet. Let him be God. Cool? Lord, we love you, God, so much, Lord. We love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. I could say that for 20 minutes. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Love you, love you, love you. Make it silly. Be like a child. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm needy for your love. We're needy for your love. It's okay. God, Holy Spirit, would you just sweep the room? Would you just make it okay for people to be needy? of the love of their father. Maybe their earthly father showed them the wrong representation. We forgive him. We love him. Will you come and make it okay? You are not stern and demanding. You are not aloof. You are not far away. You're here. You're intentional. God, you're intentional. Holy Spirit, would you make that real for hearts in the room right now? Would you actually go deep into their hearts and help them position their hearts right now to be the lily of the valley? Holy Spirit, you do this for them. You do for them what they can't do for themselves. Teach them that, God. Make that real for them in their hearts. And Jesus, you keep everyone in this room for the Father. They don't keep themselves in you, you keep them. God, I pray for just a privatization of the hearts in this room. And I thank you for the space that you're opening up, that you're leading them into, to experience that with you, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, amen.
0: You know, sometimes we get a system and we think only God's going to work in that system. You know, Craig has helped uh, Gwen in her ministry of Alive at Last with survivors in the anti-sex trafficking. And and he's trained how those workers can sense God working in the lives and how to minister to those ladies. Um, One day she came home with um, big eyes and she said, oh, oh my, you got to talk to Craig and I said, Craig, who? Craig Groshen, Like, like I should have already known. Haven't you? Haven't you heard of Craig? No. And so she says, uh, let, let me see if he'll have time for you. And I said, Okay. And so Craig uh, has ministered to me several times, and um, probably the first four times that we met together was over the phone. I'd never seen Craig, and what you heard today is what I heard over the phone and th- there's a sense that if we're not careful, we begin to judge people by, you know, when we're talking to them, we're seeing them. And this, this was not so because I'm in the car, I'm in the parking lot. I purposely got in the car to get away from the house. I'm in the parking lot at Walmart. So I back in so that I can, I can see, you know, everybody, that's who I am. I just want to make sure if I'm going to cry, I don't want, you know, anybody see me cry. And, uh, Craig just begins to minister and he, he begins to uh, flow in the, in the spirit. And, and as I've told you, the most important thing you can do when you come to know God and continue to do is get to know God and who he is. And then the second thing is understanding what he said and who you are, not, not what somebody else has said about you. And so I've preached that, ministered that, know that, forward, backward, sideways and and as I'm sitting here and Craig begins to minister to me, all of a sudden I begin to realize as time goes, there there's a slight of erosion. There's a side of affection or infecting of the world that's around you and forgetting that. And and he just begins to minister to me. And as I'm sitting there and he begins to say, John, just just begin to talk and we begin to talk just like, you know, just like what he was so comfortable today. And, and he said, you know, a while ago you said this, and I just want to talk about that for a minute. And I wanted to say, that's the only part that I don't want to talk about. How did you pick up on that part? And as God was leading him just to minister to me, there was some inner healing that was done on that day and the next time and the next time. And I told Craig, you know, the first time that we met, could you call me or text me about five minutes before we meet, just so that I'm not, you know, I, I forgot that we're going to meet on the phone and all this. By the second time, I'm already at Walmart, backed up, got my pen and paper ready to go. I don't even care if I cried. And boy, let me tell you, God did some wonderful things. Wait, wait, you know as well as me that as believers, we would love and know it would be easy if God just wrote on the wall, what to do but do you realize that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us on what to do yeah. and sometimes we hear someone that walks and, and moves in the Holy Spirit of, of Craig and we think he maybe is a little bit ultra sensitive to the Holy Spirit this is reality and what our world tends to gravitate to is that that's not true We have a system that God only shows up. And most of the time, we believe that he only shows up on Sunday mornings between the hours that we're in church. But we don't experience that during the week sometimes. But let me tell you, God is here, and he'll be there on Monday and Tuesday and all through your life if you just allow God to be God in your life. I can't wait to have Craig come back and share with us ministered to us he has not only ministered to Gwen and the ministry of Alive at Last but also to me which then therefore you and then also to uh, Mark and our children um, it, it just so happened Ashley had a session and I'm going to tell on Ashley she missed her session but it was her session that she was getting her diploma for a master's degree so we'll let her go on that <laughs> I don't know if Mark was more disappointed that she would have missed her master's graduation than being with Craig. That's how much we love in the ministry of Craig Roshan. So we want to bless him today. If you'd like to give a special offering towards his ministry, uh, you can just write it on your check or put it on the envelope and our ushers will categorize that and make sure that he gets that. We're going to bless him Let's pray today. Before I pray, just remember that this Tuesday night, ladies, the Bible study starts at 6.30. There's all kinds of stuff on the back to get the details. Also, on the 23rd of October, we begin a whole new campaign on hope. And it is so critical for your life as a believer. Uh, Next week, we'll have another guest speaker. She's not really a guest, but her name is Gwendolyn Miller known as Gwen Miller, my wife, and she has a word of God that she's been preaching to me ever since we've been married, so she's going to bring it on next Sunday morning. Would you stand? Father, would you bless these wonderful friends and family that I have? And God, as they leave this place, God, again, to take the word that Craig brought today, that you walk with them, that you're speaking to them, that you love them, and that, Father, that we would be able to hear your voice. Say, this is the way, walk in it. And God, we receive that today in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 Go get them. Amen.